Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 227. Hooray! Hooray. It's just me and Kieran today. Yeah, Paul, and we've not it's... podcasted in a wee bit recently. We haven't, no. still managed to take a drink as we introduced ourselves. <laughs> Which... I, I have this knack of doing every time we record and we've only done, what, th- about 300 odd episodes now? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's, a t- it's a skill. That's uh, What can I say? But... Uh, <laughs> Yes, Paul is not with us this week. Uh, he is getting busy, ready for Christmas and doing all sorts of things. And Actually, I have no fucking clue what he's doing. I'm just... I don't know. Making he shit out. didn't respond. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> we're like, we're going podcast, and he was just like... No. He's like, thanks, Paul. <laughs> Probably working, or working tomorrow, or something. Yes, yeah. So... Yeah, we haven't recorded in a while. Uh, I don't know about you, I haven't been busy, I haven't played like a lot of games, you know how sometimes when we don't do a podcast in a while, we then have an episode and we've got like 500 games to talk about. I've been um, playing quite a bit, but it's more intense stuff, so there's only a few things, but I've been playing a lot of them. Yeah, I feel like I've kind of done that, or, you know, bounce between a couple of things that, you know... Either we've talked about before on here, or that, like, I didn't play enough of to really talk about. Yes, yeah. So, but yeah, in terms of games that I played like enough of to really feel like I've got something to say about, yeah, there's not that many. <laughs> not as many <laughs> as you would expect after. This. I mean, it's not been that long, but it's been a couple of weeks. No, no, I, I've I've played. I've got four games to talk about this week, and. I think one of them is just kind of a mention that I played it, and the other three I can I can give an opinion on. Yeah. Um, so, and I think you're the same. So, without any further ado, let us. Can you give us some in-depth thoughts on Ring Fit now? Because we have spoke about it before, I believe, one of the podcasts. I think very briefly. But I think I only just got it when yes. we recorded. So I hadn't really done much. Um. Ringfish really good. I'm still doing it. I've not been doing it as frequently, mainly just because this week I've been, you know, busy doing other things that have basically filled that exercise slot. Um, yes. But Ringfish is really good. If people don't know, it's a exercise game made by Nintendo for the Switch. It comes with a big plastic ring that is basically like a Pilates ring. And you put a Joy-Con into it. It comes also with like a strap that you put on your leg that is kind of like those straps that you put your phone into when you go running. And you stick a Joy-Con into one of those as well. And you play through this game that is like, it's a JRPG. But you do exercise to interact with it, basically. So... There's this big overworld map that's split into sections, and you go in, and each section is basically like an exercise, you know, routine. And it will say like this level takes roughly about two minutes, or you know, five minutes, or whatever. You'll burn on average this amount of calories doing it, and you go into it, and then it's you have like a you know, a character that you can customize a bit, and you're running on the spot or there's like a silent mode if you don't want to be you know running around um where i think you just like bend your knees and basically do a little squats to to run instead uh-huh 
um, and you and that propels you through the world, and you can like collect things, and it's it's all like on a rail basically. So you're just you know going forward, but you'll interact with things to either like you can squeeze the the ring in front of you to fire like a blast out, and that'll like you like break boxes or open doors and stuff like that, or you can pull it, and that'll kind of make a big suction thing, so you can suck like items out of the environment so you can get collectibles and stuff like that or um you can collect ingredients that let you make smoothies later that are all they're basically potions in a rpg so you get ones that give you health back or you know give you buffs for certain things mm-hmm. but then also you interact with enemies which then it turns into a turn-based you know jrpg battle system as a row of enemies in front of you all lined up and you do an attack, and then they do an attack. And it is very traditional JRPG, except all of your attacks are exercises. Well, that's what I was going to ask, yeah. All right. So all of your attacks are exercises, and depending on how well you do the exercise, you'll ah, do more that's... damage. Ah, uh-huh, of course. Right, okay. And then also different enemies are weak to different types of exercises, so it's all color-coded. So um, I forget the exact breakdown. I think, like... um. Like red exercises is like usually more arm and chest focused kind of things. Um, whereas like blue ones are usually kind of more leg focused. So the the red ones might include like there's an exercise where you just hold the ring above your head and then you kind of, you know, just push it in, pull it out, push it in, pull it out. Just like kind of basic, you know, resistance kind of pushing above your head kind of thing. Um, which is quite good for exercising like your shoulders and your to a lesser degree your arms is more of a shoulders thing, but yeah. And that, you know, it comes under the red category, and then the blue category has uh, things like squats. Um a lot of squats, a lot of variations of squats. Um I've done more squats in the past month <laughs> than I've done in the past twenty years. Um <laughs> uh there's a lot of them. Uh, the, then you have um, the yellow category, which is uh, I forget specifically what what kind of areas it would focus on, but it includes things like um, there's a lot of which I think one I've got equipped just now. Isn't it? Um, the one I've got equipped just now is so some of these don't involve just like standing there doing stuff. Sometimes you need to like get down on the floor to do certain things. Um, so the ones that I have for yellow just now are uh, a thigh a thigh press one. I think that's in yellow, where you just put the the ring basically between your legs and you're just squeezing it in and out. But right, I okay. realized that I have pretty strong legs because that that did fucking nothing for me. I could do like a thousand of those and wouldn't even fucking feel it. So right. I. But the good thing is, if you do encounter an exercise like that and you're like, this does nothing for me. Then you can unequip it because your your lineup of attacks is you have you can equip like six at a time or something like that, and you can I think that increases over time, but you can unslot them, slot in new ones, and it'll give you recommendations saying like, hey, you need more yellow attacks for this one, or you need more green attacks for this one, and so I unequipped that one because it was doing nothing for me, and then equipped uh, planking or planks, I forget, <laughs> and. Which are basically kind of push ups. And those destroyed me massively. Right. <laughs> so I've kept those equipped because that's 
like those are really hard and so that is a workout like that is you know doing some damage in a good way um right okay and then the last one is uh the green which is all they're all uh yoga kind of things so like the first ones you get are like the warrior pose and uh things like that so you can mix and match the kind of ones that you want to use throughout you know each of these levels and I was, I was kind of surprised by how much of an exercise Ring Fit is. Like, I am exhausted and drenched in sweat by the end of, like, a workout of these. A workout for these is usually not just a level, I found. Although there are some levels that are really long. It's usually, like, you play three or four levels, and that's about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, maybe. Right, and okay. you've had, like, a 20-25 minute workout, and it'll tell you how many calories you've burned, and it'll be like, oh, you've burned you know, X amount of calories and it'll show you how to do like kind of before you start it'll show you how to do like a warm up and you'll go through and do the warm up and stretch out and stuff like that. And when you're done it'll walk you through a kind of cool down as well afterwards. Um, right. It's really good so far. I'm enjoying it like as a game, which is interesting because it's making me exercise more as a result. Because you know I I don't exercise that much. And so having a thing that is fun to play is kind of making me, like, I look forward to playing it. And so, right. you know, that is good because it makes me exercise more. Um, and it's good. It's like a good exercise. I didn't use Wii Fit very much. Like, I didn't own it. I only played it at someone else's. Right. But this feels like much more of, like, an actual exercise than Wii Fit did. Yeah, the the Wii Fit games there's, there's the the original one and then was it Wii Fit Resort? I had both of them, and it was it was just a, a collection of mini games. And I think you oh, think of Wii Sports? Oh, I think I'm um, yes. I am. Um, yeah, Wii Fit was no. the one that had the balance board. The the scale. oh, was that was the one that told kids to were fat? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> um, yes, that that's that one. They like it was. It was good. It was better than nothing, but it it wasn't. It didn't seem great. It was kind of just. It was good for like yoga more than actual kind of. Not that yoga is not an actual exercise, but you know what I mean. Right. Like a DDP. It's a real exercise. Um. But this feels like more of like a kind of like more hardcore exercise. Like I, I feel like you could lose a bunch of weight playing this. All right. Um, okay. Which is interesting and. I like I'm enjoying it as a game, which is interesting for me as someone that doesn't enjoy exercise. So <laughs> it's kind of nice in that way. Yeah. Um other than just the adventure mode, which is that kind of big RPG, it does also just have like an exercise mode. So you can go in and just be like, I want to do stuff that's gonna work my shoulder kind of area today or you know my I want stuff that's gonna work my legs today, etc etc. Um and it'll give you exercise based on that. Or you can go in and customize it specifically and be like, I want to do squats and then I want to do this. And then you can even introduce mini games into it, I think. So you can go because there is also it's I mean it's a Nintendo game. There's a bunch of mini games in it. Um, right. So you could be like I'm gonna do squats and then I'm gonna do push ups and then I'm gonna do this mini game where you're like squeezing the ring to like 
try to shape a clay pot and it's I don't know, it's weird. It's um, Ghost, the video game. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Um, does, does Patrick Swayze mysteriously show up behind you and help you? He does not, but it would be kind of funny if he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I definitely recommend it for people that are looking for something kind of, you know, to help them exercise a bit. The settings for um, your kind of difficulty seem pretty robust. Um, there seems to be quite a lot of you can, you know, it's it's weird. It's like a number-based system, but it'll kind of roughly estimate where it thinks you should be, and then every time you put it up and you go to play it, it'll say, how was your last workout? Do you think that, you know, it was, you know, too difficult, not difficult enough, or just fine? And if you say like it was not difficult enough, they'll be like, "All right, do you want us to bump it up a bit, or do you want to try that again this time and then change it next time?" And so over time, it'll kind of adapt to where you are, and as you get fitter, it'll kind of you can it'll bump difficulty up, so you can start, you know, feeling it different ways. All right, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and the way the difficulty seems to scale seems to mostly be just reps. I think so far for me at least, I don't know if that is you know. Something that'll change over time or not, but it, it tends just to be like when I bumped difficulty up a bit because I was, you know, I was feeling it a bit easier to do some stuff. It was like, all right, cool. Now you're doing, you know, another four squats on top of the amount you were doing before. Right. Um. But yeah, it's it's good. It's a better exercise than I thought it'd be. It's. I mean, it always looked like it was going to be a decent exercise, but it's, it's more than I thought it'd be. Um. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. I think it's their best attempt at this kind of thing. Right. Cool. But yeah, that's Ring Fit. I think the film name is like Ring Fit Adventure or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Speaking of really good games, though. Yes. And Cats. Tell me oh. about Cat Quest. Oh, Cat Quest 2, yes. Cat Quest 2. Yeah, so this is the sequel. It is currently on Apple Arcade, free of charge, if you have the subscription. And it is, speaking of cats, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, one of the cats is a bit shouty today, so you, uh, he's, he's losing the plot, he's going mental, so if you hear too much of that, we might just stop the podcast, or he might behave, so we'll see how we we'll get on. Get... Try and get Paul to edit the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Cat Quest 2 is... Did you play the first one, or was it just me that played it? I never did. Paul did. Ah. I didn't play it. Right. So, it is a quite a basic RPG. You have a character, little cat, and there's a story where, you know, there's a, a big baddie... In your land, you and there's a bit of a lost history. You're an old king, come back. You're going to save the land. It's fallen into disrepute. Blah 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 blah. Cat Quest Two is pretty much the same, except you've got a pal. You you now are playing as the long lost cat king and the dog king. You've got two characters, and you can switch out between the two of them. And the cool thing that you can do with them now is you can basically 
create a, a weapon set between the two of them and a team that you can just swap out quite easily. So the original game, you were able to use your character and equip them either full-on, uh, you know, like uh, melee combat with swords and axes and stuff like that, or you could go full uh, mage. Or if you were wise enough, you'd keep the the magic spells that you could use, but you'd have a weapon as well, so you could batter them, uh, because the weapon that you would have as a mage is just uh, a staff, and it, it you know it shoots a projectile. Sometimes it's good, sometimes not. So you would you'd mix and match. With Cat Quest Two, what you can do now is you can create, if you wish, a you know one full on mage and one full on uh, brawler, like a tank, mm-hmm. and just switch between the two. Or you can mix and match. You can still, it's still pretty open. There's no hard and fast rule. Um, obviously, you get more spells this time. There's more weapons and things to find, but you still have the same finite amount of space per character. So it is. It's, it's forcing you to create this sort of dream team of two people. Uh, quite easy to switch between the two of them. If you are playing with one character and the other one gets knocked out you instantly become the other character and then they slowly but surely regenerate health unless the character you have has the heal spell and you can instantly bring them back into the game. It's more of the same kind of story-wise. Uh, it hasn't changed at all. Uh, yeah, it's just a bigger world. The enemies, they've changed attack patterns and things like that. They've just built on it's an evolution of the first one. Yeah, as I was gonna say, it sounds like very iterative, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, uh, it's a good little game. I really enjoyed the first one. The second one is more of the same. They've added this, you know, this second character that plays along with you, or if you want, it's completely co-op. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they you either control both characters and you swap swap out between them, or you give the controller give somebody a controller and off you go and you can play the entire thing co-op that's awesome so i haven't done that uh, <laughs> uh but you can you can yes yeah uh i i thought that even you know maybe this game would be the one that could help me get Anne into playing a game with me a video game nah it's nah. uh yeah, I've tried, I've always tried with Anne with or try various games and things, and she'll play for like ten minutes or so, and then that's it. Um, Cat Quest is a game that takes hours. Yeah, yeah, I think I put uh, I don't know if it was seven odd hours or so into the first one, and I think this one's more of the same. It's along those lines as well. Yeah, I've got no chance in hell of getting Anne to play this. <laughs> So, but yeah, it's good, really good. I'm uh, really glad it's on Apple Arcade because I don't have to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just to let you know how good it is and, and kind of the way my brain was working with it as well. I was seriously considering getting it and paying for it, even though I've got it on Apple Arcade, but paying for it on the Switch. Because I would, it'd be easier for me to play it during the commute. Because the touch, yeah. the touch controls are okay; they're not the best. 
but it plays fantastic when you're using a controller uh, through Apple Arcade. Gotta get one of those controllers that you can mount your iPhone onto. Oh, yeah. Just clip it on. Those always look so silly. Yeah. I, don't... I mean, it works, though. Yeah, it's also it's one of those things as well that I'd rather I'd rather play the game on my iPad rather than just on the iPhone as well. Mm. Uh, I I think I'm at the point now where I think gaming on the iPhone is it does it you miss a lot of detail, especially if you're playing those type of games as well. Yeah, I think it depends on the type of game. Like I let my subscription for Apple Arcade. Uh, cancel like I, I was kind of dumb it, but when I was All subscribed, right. there was games like um, like What the Golf, and I think any game that's really kind of touchscreen heavy, I prefer playing on the phone. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just because I don't really like holding an iPad the whole time, but then anything that's controller based, I prefer using the iPad or the TV. Yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. Um. What the golf? I kind of it worked on the controller for me. Yeah, it did. I just kind of preferred the touchscreen controls. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's fair enough. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much Cat Quest. I uh, definitely recommend it. And I was going to get it new, uh, but if yeah, if you can find a control system that works for you on Apple Arcade, then uh, definitely get it. Makes sense. Yeah, so moving on, you have uh, you got the new Doctor Who game, which is for PlayStation VR. I don't know if it's for other VR as well. I think it's been out on VR on PC for a while already. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, it only came out on PlayStation VR recently, the last couple of weeks or so. Um, yeah, it's called Doctor Who Edge of Time. And it's interesting. It's not... It's not the best, but it, it's it's interesting. It's a, a VR game where you play a kind of like a bit character that, well, I say a bit character. You're kind of like an unnamed companion to the Doctor, and you're just at, you know, you're at a, a laundromat. You're there, just like you know, doing your washing and stuff, and all hell breaks loose. Alien invasion. Everything's going to shit. Bunch of gooey aliens start showing up in all the wash machines, and the doctor kind of like shows up on a TV screen. Is like, "Hey, I'm kind of fucked. You should probably help." And you kind of leave that area out the back, and you have to solve a couple little puzzles to escape. And then you get into Tardis, and you have to go on a bunch of adventures to try and fix everything. Right. The setup's like is pretty decent. Like it's just a kind of standard Doctor Who, you know, kind of episode to start with. Um, uh-huh. But the way it plays in VR is that it's um, like most VR games. You can either kind of like teleport around, or you can hold a button to walk around. I mean, most VR games don't have both of them, but that is kind of the two traversal methods that VR kind of has, um, and it's kind of one of the limitations of VR that. Puts me off VR for the most part. Um, <laughs> you can like teleport around these rooms and pick up items, and you can just throw them about and stuff, or you can use them to solve puzzles. And so there'll be things like one of the first puzzles you have to solve is uh, you have to open a safe. And so 
you're looking around for anything that may give you clues as to what the, the pin for the safe is. And so you pick up a, a picture, and because it's VR, you've got your motion controllers, you can actually you know, lean over, pick it up, and you actually turn it around with your hands and look on the back of it and see a number scrawled on the back of it. And, well, it's a date. Like, they don't just put a number on it. Like, they actually try to make it fit in the world, which is good. Right. Um, and you do that, and you go find another one, and you get a pen, basically, and you have to actually, with your actual real hands, push the buttons on the front of the safe to make it work. Um, and that's all fine. It's all just pretty, you know, straightforward kind of VR stuff. Like, it's not... It's not really doing anything super interesting beyond, you know, here's a pretty standard VR game and it's Doctor Who on top of it. But I think if you like Doctor Who, you know, it's cool to, like, I think the main selling point for it is it's cool to be in the TARDIS in VR and go around and pull the switches and stuff like that in the, you know, big central panel. Like, one of the first things you do is you have to fly the TARDIS, and it's just like, spin this dial, hit this thing over here. This is this thing has a picture on it for some reason. I don't know, flip that. And it's it's good, because all, like, the actual TARDIS seems pretty random, and, you know, kind of whatever leftover props they had when they were putting together the set kind of thing. Um, which I think is the, how the TARDIS tends to look, for me at least. <laughs> it very much looks like... <laughs> I don't know. We found a box that was just filled with these dials, so one of the panels on here is just dials. Um, which is uh, is fun. And that, that kind of stuff's really good. The The story is fine. It is literally just like, you know, big evil threat is destroying time itself. And the Doctor has gone missing, but she can talk to you, but she's kind of stuck out of time. Um, because yeah, it's all, it's all the, it's the latest Doctor, so it's all... Um, oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. I really like her. Jodie ah, Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker. Um, yeah, it's all her. Um, oh, her, right, cool. Her voice acting stuff's very good. Like she's, you know, she's very good at that stuff. Um, actually, all the voice acting in it so far has been very good. So, like the kind of journey you go on is basically, you know, basic rule of threes is you know you go there and Jodie Whittaker's like, hey, you need to connect, collect these three things to help me fix everything. So you're going to go through these three different levels and do stuff. And the first level you go through, you're getting talked to via uh, like an intercom. To uh, You're getting talked to by uh, this woman that has ostensibly been kind of, you know, uh, marooned on this planet. Like everyone that was on our ship when it crashed is dead and there's like weird monsters running around and stuff. And you're talking to her the whole time, and all her voice acting is also very So I think it's definitely got a lot of production values and stuff like that, and it seems well-made, but I just think the core gameplay of it is kind of just a bit too much standard VR stuff. Like, it's not really doing anything interesting. Right, okay. Um, which is a shame, because I think it's good. Like, what it's doing is good. I just don't think it's doing anything interesting. Um... But it's worth picking up if you like Doctor Who and you have PlayStation VR or uh, Oculus or Vive or whatever. Um, it's... I forget how much it costs. It was like 20-odd quid, I think. I yeah. Think. yeah, it's, yeah maybe a little, it's maybe a little bit expensive for what it is because I've heard it's not that long. Um, I've not finished it yet, personally. But 
so far the puzzles haven't been like super difficult or anything. It's just been pretty straightforward. Um, there's a good variation of puzzles though. I'll give it that. Like it's got even though the puzzles are mostly just you know interact with this thing in VR. Some of them like there's a. I mean, it sounds kind of like you know. Uh, very rote, but there's a, a puzzle quite early on in the second area where you have to redirect a bunch of lasers to open a bunch of doors. But even though that's a kind of like you know common puzzle that is in every game, I feel like the one that they made and used VR to kind of get across is quite smart, and I actually quite enjoyed doing it. Um, right. So yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like. If I was reviewing it and giving it a score, it'd be like a solid like seven out of ten. You know, it's like a, it's it's a good game, but it's it's maybe not essential. But it's well made. It's fun. It's just not doing anything super special, right? Um, but yeah, let's talk to Edge of Time. I try out. Cool. Um, so we've trying things out. Yes. Tell me about Munchkin Quacked Quest. Is that actually what this is called? Yes. That's a Munchkin bad name. Munchkin Quacked Quest. It's a bad name, which makes sense because it's Munchkin. Yes, yeah. So if... I love Munchkin. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you are a long-time listener to this podcast, you will know what Munchkin is. It is a card game which for a while we played a hell of a lot of when we first started doing our board game days and we were getting people involved and, and stuff like that. And yeah, Munchkin is quite an easy game to get into. And what has happened is Asmodee Digital have decided somehow to get together with Steve Jackson Games and create a video game using the Munchkin franchise. It's not Munchkin the video game, the card game, the video game, it's a separate thing. It's a party game. Which I was... I don't know, surprised. I was surprised. I don't know why, given what Munchkin is. But it's a party game up to four players. Uh, I think it's all couch co-op, from what I've seen. And you are playing sometimes it's uh, little mini games that you're competing against each other to be the first one to do it or sometimes it's a bit like uh oh what was the the game uh valkyrie needs food uh gauntlet mm. it's like a gauntlet style map and instead of working together you're all going off in separate directions to try and get to the loot that's at one point of the the map you can all go separate ways or you can all go the same way and try and beat the crap out of each other. You get, uh, at the end of each game, it then scores you and uh, you get levels. First one to ten wins, a bit like the card game. So it's it's taking some sort of elements from the, the card game yeah, or some sort of ideas and then turning them into video game. You can play it solo. You can play with uh, bots. But from what I've seen, it doesn't really work. So I can't yeah, it really... seems like something that's really made for people. Yeah, it... Yes, yeah. So uh, not what I expected. I didn't know 
I didn't know what to expect at all. I, I wasn't too sure. I thought it was going to be some sort of single player experience, maybe with co- you know drop in drop out co op. It's not that. It's a party game. It's more along the lines of sort of Jackbox, you know, something you play when all your friends are around. Whether it's any good or not, I'll need to come back to you. Uh, its presentation is quite funny. They, they've got some... It's like, kind of like a French accent the guy's doing. I don't know why. Um, and he's cracking these lame jokes and stuff. Odd. It, yeah, it is. It's a bit odd. Uh, probably need to play it with people to find out how it works, how it goes. And I... Would I pay the... I think it's just under 20 quid they're wanting for it. or uh, I don't know. I'm glad it's on Xbox Game Pass so I can check it out. But I probably wouldn't buy it. Okay, I was actually going to ask, like, why are you playing this? Did we get sent a code or something? But Game Pass makes sense. <laughs> Um, yes, because I the other thing is I just I don't know who this is for. Like nothing you've described sounds like something that. Yeah, it's not. I don't know who would want this game. Yes, um, board gamers are not going to want this game. Yeah, because it's it's not even if you're fans of Munchkin, like it's not Munchkin. No, it's Munchkin themed. Yeah. But it's, it's not Munchkin. It's not. It's kind of like um, the Mario uh, Mario Party. Yeah, yeah, that kind of. That's what it. The closest yeah. thing you can probably describe. I you know, the, all these little different events. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah, but I mean, Mario Party. It's more younger players and, and kids, isn't it? The yeah. Munchkin thing doesn't really fit with that audience as well, so it's a bit lost there as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. I don't know who this is for. Um, Maybe it'll be better when you play with people. But yeah, but I also feel as well if when we get together, you know, whether it's for a game of the year or we get together for board games or whatever. And, you know, there's that time of the day where we're getting ready to get some takeaway ordered in or something like that. We normally play some video games. And it tends to be a lot of couch co-op stuff, normally the Jackbox games, stuff like that. And it feels like I would say to you, do you want Jackbox or Munchkin? It's going to be Jackbox every time. It's Yeah. It, yeah, so... Although that's kind of a weird situation where it's like... I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> Thanks, yes. Siri. Yeah, thank you, Siri. <laughs> I think that um, that's a weird situation, though, because it's it's kind of you don't want to say, "Well, we don't need any of these kind of games anymore." Yes, because we yeah. have Jackbox. But also, this doesn't seem like it competes. It just it's less that we don't need this because there's already games like this. It's le- it's more there's better games than this. Yes, yeah, because there's I'm... a lot of these couch co-op kind of things, or not couch co-op, co- just kind of multiplayer things. Like Jackbox or like uh, Sports Friends or Towerfall speed r- or Speedrunners, Speedrunners, or oh, there was another one that was on Tip of Tongue, Gang Beasts. Um, like there's a ton of really good ones of these, and yes, I don't know yeah. that this 
I don't know if this competes with. I mean, Mario Party, like you said, like there's there's a really good Mario Party game on Switch. Yes. It's. I guess there's not a lot of those games on Xbox. Is maybe I guess the one thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Look, I think I'm glad it's there. I'm glad that Asmodee are trying this because they're, you know, they're, they're doing quite a lot of ports. At the yeah. moment, uh, you've just had the Lord of the Rings adventure card game that's been mm-hmm. translated. So they are trying a lot of things with the IPs that they have. This one just a, it's just a little misplaced. Yeah, I think that I agree because the other thing is I'll say is that this isn't Munchkin, but I feel like from your description of it, it does sound. Like they have tried to bring over the elements that make up Munchkin in a smart way to a different yes. game. Yeah. And so like I I'm not like opposed to that concept in general, I think. And I would like to see them try to do that with something else. Uh-huh. Um and maybe it'd be more successful next time. I mean I I mean in terms of like you know, how good it is not in terms of sales and stuff. I don't know how well this <laughs> game does. Um but yeah, it's, I'm glad that they tried it, but it doesn't sound like one I really am interested in. Yeah, yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. Uh, but I'll probably, I think I will try and get get us to play it just the once, but probably be about it, really. Makes sense. Cool. There's a new Jackbox game that we haven't played yet. No, uh, I haven't bought it yet as well. I was going to buy Me it. Either. And... Yeah, the, there hasn't been any need for it. I thought, well, when we get together, I'll buy it just before we get together. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, so we'll do that. But uh, Speaking of things I haven't bought, I haven't bought Luigi's Mansion 3, but you did. I did. I was originally going to buy Pokemon with that money, and instead I bought Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, probably the, the wiser move. Um, well, yeah, mainly because I bought Pokemon for my girlfriend, and I can just steal that copy. Ah, fair I, enough. I didn't need the other one. so <laughs> um, I'm not super far into Luigi's Mansion 3, but I'm enjoying it so far. It's, it's, it's like a... For people who haven't played like the previous games in the series, it's it's not it's kind of a horror game, but I mean it's not because it's Nintendo and it's Luigi, and so it's all very lighthearted and cute and funny. But um, you know, it's a horror themed game where you know Mario and the crew have all been kidnapped by ghosts, and Luigi has this magical vacuum cleaner that lets him suck up ghosts. And also, it has a flashlight attached to it that lets them blind ghosts, that lets them catch them better. It has a black light attached to it. I don't think they call it a black light, but it's a black light. Um, which is weird, because this one's set in a hotel, so you're very much going through a hotel with a black light, which, don't do that in your life. You, uh-huh. you'll, you'll never want to stay in that hotel. <laughs> um, you don't want to know what people that were in that room before you were doing. No, um, no. And I forget what else. You can fire plungers out of it, and then those have like rope attached to them, so they'll stick stuff, and then you can suck it up, and it'll break things and pull things and stuff. And you use these abilities to go through this hotel, sucking up ghosts, collecting uh, these little 
buttons for the elevator in the hotel to let you get to different floors and you're trying to get to the the boss ghost to get all of your friends back basically and it's really cute and i'm really liking it so far it's kind of um somewhat actiony because you're going about you know fighting these ghosts every now and again but it's kind of a bit more of just like this kind of exploration kind of light puzzle solving kind of thing like it feels like if nintendo made a resident evil game like it's that kind of like an old school resident evil game it's obviously not as difficult or as you know you know, it's not scary in the slightest. It's not that kind of thing. But in terms of like, you have this kind of set area that you're backtracking through every now and again, and you're exploring to try and find you know keys to open other doors and solving puzzles to you know unlock things and slotting things into other things to open stuff. It's like that kind of you know the old school kind of Resident Evil puzzle solving. It's like a lighter version of that because it's obviously is it's a kids game more or less, right? Um, with some action where instead of, you know, shooting zombies, you're sucking up ghosts with a vacuum cleaner. Yes. And it's really good so far. I'm really liking it. Um, one thing that also stands out for me is that this game just looks really nice for a Switch game, which isn't too surprising because it's Nintendo, but uh-huh. it, it just looks really nice. They did some, it's apparently, I think it's running on Unreal Engine 4, and like they pushed a lot out of, you know, this little handheld, which is impressive. Um, but yeah, I've not played a massive amount of it yet, but I am enjoying it so far. I think Just... if you're interested in it, you're probably going to like it. It's worth checking out. Cool. Um, Alright. Now we're on to the big ones. Yes. Which of these should we do first? Let's do the one that I've not played much of. Right, okay. Let's talk about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. You mean Jedi Raider Born? You mean J- Jedi Souls? Darth Souls? Darth Souls? Darth? I'm, I'm taking it back. Darth Souls. Darth Souls. Yes. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. Darth. Um, Darth Soul Raider. Darth Soul Raider. Yes, because it, it does have a lot of those kind of. Uncharted Tomb Raidery kind of yes, bits, especially towards the start, I think. Yes, yeah, quite a bit. So, yes, we are talking about the new Star Wars game that's come out, Jedi Fallen Order. In it, you play a. He's quite an unfortunate soul, isn't he? Because not only is he a Jedi who's hunted and ostracized, he's ginger. That's true. Yeah, and. He's also it's, got real annoying to remember names like Cal something. Yeah, and it's not he's he's not the best and I don't mean as in the character, I mean design wise. The character's not the best designed, best looking. It's one of the ugliest characters that I've ever I seen. feel that about a lot of the art in this game where I feel like from a technical level, it looks really nice. Yes. The worlds look really nice. Yes. The character models are fucking really, awful. They look really detailed. Like they're like the technical prowess is there, but then yeah, there's something about the art style they picked for it where everyone looks a little bit off and I don't know what it is. 
Yeah, uh, for the the character for the main character that you play, it's the hair. Yeah, and it's the the colors a bit weird, but just the hair on most of the characters doesn't. It's wrong. It, something's not right. <laughs> I, I have heard that there are wookies at some point in this game, and yes. the hair issues are more prominent there. Yes. <laughs> I've not reached that yet, but right. I, I've got to. I've got to Kashyyyk. Oh, so just straight up Kashyyyk is it? Okay. Yeah, sense. yeah. It's um, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I'm still. I just finished the first planet, and that's, that's right. Nice. So I have finished. I'm on my. Is it my third or my fourth planet? It's my fourth planet. Uh, so I played quite a bit, and. Uh, it's it's an enjoyable game. It's mm-hmm. I, I was surprised. It was one of those that I knew it was coming out and they were doing something different with it, but I kind of left it there and I thought, right, I'll get it and have a look. And it is it's it's a mixture between a Souls game and uh, you know your reg- regular Star Wars action RPG game and Tomb Raider. Yeah. It's those three mashed up, and it works really well. Yeah, I agree. Like it's got a lot of the kind of level design in terms of like layout and backtracking and shortcuts, and even like the they have a bonfire equivalent that you sleep at. Um, yes, <laughs> are all very Dark Souls. The combat is kind of a bit more closer to Sekiro, which came out earlier this year. Um, right. Okay. Because that's all about guard breaks and things like that, which is kind of a lot of what you're doing in this. Yes. Um. But in terms of like, yeah, in terms of like a lot of the actual set pieces and things you are doing in the world, it becomes a bit more Uncharted-y or Tomb Raider-y. Um, there's a lot of like climbing and stuff like that that's very similar to those two games. Yes, yeah. it's, it's interesting. There's definitely a lot of elements of other things in it, and I feel like they work really well. Like they did a really good job pulling them all together. Yes. The the only thing is where you know the the whole enemies respawning thing. Hmm. I, that's from um, Dark Souls. Yeah, that's... that 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 is definitely that's Dark Souls. They're just all over, but the, it's it's the only thing that kind of st- sticks out and doesn't make much sense to me. So, and... Yeah, they never really explain it. They explain other things. Like they explain why you use those kind of bonfire spots anyway in the first place. It's like, oh, you need to, you know, more attuned with the force, and you'll get healing items back and blah blah. blah. But yes, it's also like, and the enemies will come back, and it's like, why? <laughs> I don't yeah. think it would stick out that much if they didn't go to such lengths to kind of explain basically everything else you're doing. Yeah, I think so. Um, or, or just uh, instead of. Uh, one of the examples is on uh, Kashyyyk, where the planet I am at the moment. You come across, uh, you've come across in all the levels and all the planets. You come across indigenous life, mm. you know, the big beasties, and they all attack you, and they've all got different attacks. And the whole thing is about figuring out what kind of attack they've got and the best way to counter it. Again, Dark yeah. Souls. Once you know the trick of the the beastie it's a little bit easier to manage but you come round a corner and there's a whole bunch of stormtroopers and they're fighting said beastie 
Now, if you're wise enough, you'll stay out of sight for both the Beastie and the Stormtroopers, and they'll wipe each other out so that in the end there'll only be either Stormtroopers or Beasties left. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And that's okay, and when you first come around the corner and you're watching them, oh hell, where did that come from? I've never seen one of those before. And there's a conversation. Well, kill it with fire. And the, the Stormtroopers are talking to each other and working as a team to get rid of the beasties. When they respawn, they come back and it's the same ones. It's the same guys. <laughs> if it was a different squadron, I'd be happy. Yeah, if it was like, hey, we sent you know reinforcements, but I know it's very much just, no, those people, re- they came back from the dead. <laughs> yes. After you sliced them into little bits or force pushed them off a chasm. Yes. They revived. <laughs> Um, but so that was the one thing that kind of it, it just it takes away from the entire experience. But it's a small little niggle, and it's quite funny. It is, it is one of those things where it's a pretty minor thing, but yeah, it does yeah. stick out a little bit. Um, story is quite engaging. The some of the the other characters, I like the the pilot, the ship that you meet. He's quite cool. Yes, I like him. He's basically like a New York cabbie, but he's a yeah uh, ship driver. And yeah, and again, he's got a weird name. Is it Grizz or Grease or? Oh, I can't remember. I've only talked to him like once so far. Yeah, the, the the names of the characters are weird. Um, I mean, it's Star Wars. Yeah, but even even for a Star Wars game, it's. I uh, don't know. I mean, what's the name of? Uh, What's the surname of like Poe in The Force Awakens? Dameron. That's pretty dumb too. <laughs> Poe Dameron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just yeah, it's Star Wars. It's uh, Star Wars naming conventions and stuff. Yeah, but look, there was what was oh my god, I mean, look at something. What was the name of the orange dude in the prequel movies? Um. That was wearing like a gas mask. He's like Orin? one of the Jedi Council. Um, his name, his name was Plo Koon or Plo Koon or something like. It's Star Wars has got lots of dumb fucking names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's I found the whole mix that the Dune. I found it refreshing. Yeah, same. I'm enjoying it quite a lot. And also, it um, helps that we haven't really had... Like, we had a new Tomb Raider game last year, but we've not had... You know, as many copies of Tomb Raider and Uncharted this gen in general, really, for these last couple yeah. of years. Yes, as like, yeah. you know, like, last generation, tons of action games were all trying to be that style of game. Yeah. And I feel like this gen, it's always it, those are the only two we've really got. And they're so uh-huh. few and far between now that it's fine for another one to come up and also do something a bit different with it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's... Yeah. Um, I just... I was quite surprised. I was sitting and we're getting towards... Well, obviously we are at the end of the year and we're getting close to Game of the Year and I'm I'm busy trying to work out my, my top 10 and I'm finding this game and it's creeping its way up because 
it's good at what it does and it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that little bit of refreshing and I'm comparing it. I'm going, right, was it as good as Days Gone? And it's, I think it's actually better. And, you know, yeah. it, it's climbing past other games that we played at the beginning of the year and moving past and stuff like that. So I think it is going to be quite high on my list. That's cool. Um, it may make mine as well. I need to play more of it. But I'm definitely impressed from the start of it. Yeah. I so, subscribed to EA Access to try it out, which has been all right. a thing. I don't know. I should really download more of the games from that. Like, that new Need for Speed just came out, and I, I could just play that because it's part of the subscription. Well, yeah, I'm, I've now been getting more into the Game Pass games, and I'm going through, and like I said, we've already started our Game of the Year stuff, and you know we can see what each other have been leaning towards and what we've been playing and things. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at a lot of the games that you've put on your list that I didn't play either because busy playing something else or one reason or another. And I'm going, right, oh, there's Devil May Cry 5. Shit, I need to download that. I oh, yeah, that's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's on Game Pass Probably. as well. Um, that game's so good, you didn't even play it. The amount of stuff that's out or that came out this year, you've Rage 2. Yeah. And some of these, uh, yeah, you should probably, you should play Rage 2. Um, yeah. <laughs> you should play five minutes of Rage 2 and then never play again. Um, but things like uh, The Outer Wilds like, launched on Yes. Game Pass. So did The Outer Worlds for that. Both of the outers of this year. Um, yes. They both launched on Game Pass. Like day one, they were there. And if you were subscribed, you could play them. Um, stuff like that is Game Pass is. I don't know, we might need to add category of some kind to <laughs> to give something to Game Pass in some way. Um, because I have been very impressed with this year. I've, I'm always skeptical of that kind of service. Because yeah. it's you know, like PlayStation Plus when it had the instant game library was cool, but it was never act- I ended up actually in practice not playing a lot of those games. And so when they got rid of it and started just doing the two games a month thing, I was fine with it because I didn't I didn't play the games from that big, you know, collection. But Game Pass, I think, has been the opposite. Where I subscribe for one or two games. So at the moment, and the thing is, I've been subscribing and unsubscribing. Like I subscribed originally for probably Gears Five or no, for Forza. I subscribed for Forza when I first subscribed to Game Pass back when it first came out. PC, or before it came out for PC, when it was just the only the cross-play games worked, and that's yes. been cool. But then, you know, I unsubscribed for a while, and then when uh, the Outer Worlds came out, I was like, "Well, I need to play that. And I can just get it on PC, and I could pay, you know, forty quid for it, or I could pay fiver for a month." Yes. And then after that month was up, I was like, "I've not played Gears Five. And people say that's good, so I should probably some, play some of that. So I stayed subscribed. And things just keep coming. Age of Empires 2 uh, HD or Definitive or whatever it's called just came out as well. And I love Age of Empires 2, so I guess I'll probably stay subscribed. Halo Reach yeah. comes out next week. It's just a good service for that kind of thing. Where it's similar to how Netflix works. I'm not on Netflix watching everything in the back catalogue of Netflix. I'm subscribed to Netflix because there's something good coming up that I want to watch. Yes. 
And so it's really cool that they have started to get into that rhythm for their you know game releases in Game Pass, where it's like, you're subscribed just now because you want to play this thing. And also there's this big catalog where if you decide you're between games or something you want to go in and do it, or if someone recommends something, you can go in and play it. But also there's a big thing coming up at any given time. Yeah. Which is not a place Microsoft was in a year ago. So No. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, so speaking of impressive. It's time to talk about Death Stranding. That's right, the big, big one. Yes. Hideo Kojima's uh, masterpiece? Yes, he, he, his magnificent <laughs> octopus. His magnificent octopus, sure. Um, yeah, Death Stranding. Uh, how much of this have you played? I am five and a half hours in. So I am early days. Yes, very much so. I finished it. Right. I am I have I'm just about to complete the first map, if you will. Yeah, the kind of I mean it seems weird to call it because obviously it's like five, six hours long. But the tutorial area. Essentially. Um, yes, yeah. It's essentially getting you into all the mechanics. Um and then they get you into the next area and they can start playing with those mechanics in weird ways. Yeah. Uh how are you feeling about it so far? What the fuck is, uh, you know, if somebody says, what's it about? Is it, fuck, I don't know. Well, there's ghosts and there's babies and there's... There's oil beasties and there's, yeah. They're uh, ghosts. They're oil beasties. They're beached things. Oh, which yeah, is, yeah. Which is a yeah. really good fucking... <laughs> when they're like, oh, there's these ghosts, by the way. They're like, they're from the afterlife. They come here. If they grab you, they'll drag you away and then they'll cause like this giant nuclear explosion. They're called BTs. And they're like, not that far in, you get like an email that says, ah, yeah, there's these beached things. It's like, motherfucker, that's what BT stands You couldn't think of a better name for these ghosts than beached Be- things. Beached things, yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's the usual Kojima madness, but amplified. Yeah. So if you think of all the crazy bits, um, Metal Gear Solid 2, there's the the bit where you end up with one of the characters running naked through the hallway, and then there's all yeah. this weird flashback stuff. Now, at one point you went, that is fucking wild. That has got nothing on Death Stranding. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't know how uh, how he's managed it. It's this weird, crazy thing. But at the same time, you look at it and you go, there's something there and it's it's brilliant. It, um, you know, he's created this, this post-apocalyptic world, easy for me to say. <laughs> and it's crazy... Mental, it doesn't make sense. It should be a f- god awful game, but at the same time, it is fucking magnificent. Uh, I, I think you know, there's there's two camps basically where death, death stranding is concerned at the moment. There's people that like it and don't. I don't think there's anyone in between. Yeah, there's not really many people that are like, I've seen people that are like, hey, I really liked 
you know, the gameplay part of it and didn't like the story, especially towards the end. Which right, I okay. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it seems to be a real Marmite kind of game. Um, it's, yeah, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with it. It's absolutely mental. I think from the little bit that I've played so far, I've got a grasp of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been again a little bit. Is it five hours that we put into the bloody thing? <laughs> and it's like I, a sixty-hour game. <laughs> yeah, five hours is nothing. Yes, yeah. So I think I've got it. I've, uh, it. I'm obviously expecting it to take tweak, you know, tweak things and and change it. But I think I've got everything that I need. Yeah. Now and that is kind of the po- point of that first area. I found is. I've actually been considering just doing like uh, either writing something or like doing a video or something about that first area because even though it's really long, I feel like it's a really good tutorial for the game. Yeah. You know, it's like a five hour thing where it doesn't feel like you're playing a tutorial, but I feel like once you get to the 10, 15 hour mark, you're going to be like, oh, that first area was just getting me ready for this. Like it wasn't, it was the game, but it was also really. Like everything in that area is designed to well give you a taste of everything you're gonna to have to deal with later. Yeah, because you find uh they give you at one point they turn around and they say, Oh here, have this thing. It's a ladder. To use it <laughs> you can use it to traverse things or climb up things or make bridges. Or you can even use it as kind of like a bridge. And you go, All oh, right, cool, I'll put it in the backpack. Right, right, your next job, I need you to take this thing from here to there, and there happens to be a chasm or, you know, a big hill. Uh-huh. Ah! And so it is, it's definitely built that way to get you to use all the things that you're given. Yeah. Um, or you get, like, grenades to deal with the, the ghosts, and it's like, well, hey, we need you to go collect this thing that they drop when you kill them. It's like, okay, well, fine, I'll go do that. Um, that's an optional one, but you you can do that at least. Yeah. Um, I really liked Death Stranding, basically the whole way through. Um, I like the kind of core gameplay loop of you know delivering stuff. Yes. I like the way that you so even in the first area as you so like for people who don't know like the the way this game is kind of like laid out is you have these big open world areas that have they're split into sections and your goal is kind of to connect these sections up to the chiral network, which is the internet, basically. Um, yeah, you're, and... basic, you're basically a cross between an Amazon delivery driver and the Virgin Cable Man. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you're laying fiber across the whole planet. The Tories are like, hey, we can give fiber to the whole country. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Corbin's like, it'll be free, but we have to dig into the afterlife and pull energy from it and it's like that's cool with us um, <laughs> um, and you're going from point to point to do this and basically there's a big map that's split up into these chunks and each of the chunks has like one delivery point on it and it'll be to start with it's like big things it's like here is a city here is a distribution center for that city here is an outpost slightly further out, or like a, a farm or an observatory or something like that. Later on, there's some in that first area, but later on in particular, you meet preppers, and so they're just these little 
bunkers that have just like a single person in them. Yeah. And you're delivering stuff to them. And as you deliver stuff to them, you get likes based on how well you delivered it. So like how quickly you delivered it, how good condition it was in, because you can fuck up people's packages by, you know, falling down, which is very easy to do. Yes. Um for some things get damaged if they go underwater. Uh yep. there's the rain makes things age faster. So yes. they'll deteriorate faster. Um that kind of stuff. Like there's a bunch of things that can damage people's packages. And so you're delivering this stuff to different places. You get ranked on that kind of stuff and a couple other factors. And but depending on how many likes they give you, you'll get like stars. It's like a five star system. And you'll get stars based on how much that person trusts you now. And the first few years, they don't really matter too much. You kind of just get them. But yeah. The thing that becomes clearer the further you get in is that you get upgrades from not every single one of them, but for some of those preppers and from those distribution centers and stuff. When the stars hit like two stars instead of you know one star or whatever, they'll sometimes be like, "Oh, I gave you, you know, a better." Uh, you get climbing ropes that you can you know stab a, a fucking peg into the ground, and then you have a rope that lets you abseil down the side of cliffs and stuff like that. You can get like longer ones of those if you get your friendship up high enough with you know the correct one of these kind of groups, uh-huh. and. That's the core loop of the game, is that. It's just doing that. And that kind of stuff, I think, is just interesting, and I really liked it. I spent a bunch of time going back and forth, like, delivering stuff and getting those stars to, you know, oh, right, increase. Yeah. Uh, doing optional deliveries just to get that stuff to increase a bit, um, and unlock more bits and bobs to do things. Yeah. Um, because that is the core, like, progression in that game is that at the start walking from point A to point B is hard for a variety of reasons one, the amount of stuff you have in your back means that you're going to fall over you're just yes. going to you know, as you take like a step and turn slightly to the right, your momentum from the weight is going to make you fall over to the right and if you don't correct yourself by holding the right, you know, the right trigger or the left trigger or whatever to redistribute your balance You'll just fall over and drop all your shit. <laughs> yep. I have fallen over just walking in a straight line before in that game. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> like that happens. Um I was one of the first structures you learn to build is bridges. And once things are connected to the chiral network, you see other people's uh, things they've built. And so you'll see bridges in places that other people already built. And so I was doing a delivery and I was like, this is easy. I need to get from here to here. Someone's already built bridges across the chasms. So um, I really like the map system in this game where you can set waypoints and you can set multiple of them to build a path. So yes. I was like, okay, well, I'll walk from here to this first bridge, across that bridge, from here over to here, you know, staying out of the territory that has enemies in it, across this bridge, and I'll be there. And I started walking across the first bridge all like chuffed that I found this great way that I could do stuff and avoid danger and get there. And I just fell off the bridge. Because <laughs> I, I, I wasn't paying attention because I was like so fucking, you know, 
confident that I had come up with this great plan, I just like started tripping, didn't correct oh. in time, and just fucking fell off the bridge. Nice. <laughs> and that happens. Um, it's a weird game for that kind of stuff. And I feel like that part of the game is the thing that a lot of people, uh, even when they're more critical of the game, like. Yes. And the thing that people, even those people often kind of, I've seen, have fallen off and like ended up not liking the game overall is that the later sections of the game have less of them. Ah. Uh... The last few, so the game's split up into episodes and the last few episodes of that game, like the last maybe four or five, are there's still a little bit of that, but for the most part they're a lot more linear. There's a lot more boss fights and there's a lot more kind of story. Right. It yeah. becomes a lot more story heavy. And that wasn't for everyone, especially because some of the writing in those later bits is questionable. Some of it's really good, but a lot of it is also just like, oh, you put that line in, I guess. That's... See, I'm kind of, that. that's what I'm expecting as well. So I'm expecting that you're going to, I'm going to get a lot of this because there is, is uh, the gameplay is just delivering stuff so far. And yeah. I'm expecting a lot of that. And then as the story gets dished out to me, then. I didn't catch that. Series S again. Siri really wants to join this conversation. <laughs> but the, at one point, it's going to switch. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's going to be less delivering and more, more story stuff to, to finish I mean, the story. I mean, how Kojima games have worked. Yeah, exa- yeah. So I'm fully expecting it. It becomes very kind of exposition heavy. There's a lot of just people just explaining what's going on or saying things that they kind of expect you to have already known. And it's like, why would I have known this? Um, yes. Which I think is kind of one of the, the issues I had with it the most as someone who really liked it overall. Um, one of the issues I had with it the most are, or is that it's. It feels like the writing in this game is scared to let you miss anything. And right. so it really hammers home exactly what everything is. So like right now you're at the point where you're like, oh man, this whole game's really fucking weird and there's all this nonsense with ghosts and shit. Uh-huh. They explain all of that pretty soon from where you are. Like you'll get if you haven't already, you'll be getting like emails and yes, codex yeah. entries and stuff like that they all just explain everything and a lot of explanations are kind of interesting and cool I do like some of it um, but even then like even if, the, if you ignore those you go straight into the cutscenes there are some cutscenes where they're just straight up like this is what is going on here <laughs> and it's like well I, I kind of figured that out from context anyway but they're like no this is what is going on here and it's like well yeah, it's like if you have you ever watched the TV series uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, right? There's a quote in that show where Garth Marenghi, who's like this fake kind of like Stephen King figure, says, "I know, I've met authors who use subtext; they're all cowards." <laughs> and that's that is this game. <laughs> that is, <laughs> like it is. Even the times where it does use subtext, it instantly explains, by the way, did you see the subtext? That's a ghost with an umbilical cord. Get it? And it's like, yeah, I got it. 
<laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you didn't need to explain it. And that's, I think, the weakest part of it for me. And again, that's something that Kojima games have all. Yeah, the, I found some of the things like that as well. Like, I feel like a lot of the Metal Gear games are very much like that as well. They're like, hey, you might have missed this. Let me explain. Yeah. Um, so, th- one of the early examples is uh, you mentioned that you use, there's babies in the game. Mm. Um, and they're called BBs, BB yeah. units. And they basically help you. They're basically advanced trackers for finding the, the ghosty things. Yeah, you can see ghosts. Yeah. Um, and they. There's what well, every time you head out, well, in the early days when you head up, you get in a lift and you plug in the, the BB unit to your suit, and there's a flashback. Mm-hmm. And you can see clearly what it is and why it's happening, you know. And you can do, oh, it's happening because of this, and it's the baby's memories. Ah, right. <laughs> One of the characters is, oh, no, don't get confused now. Those memories, they're not yours. You're just getting confused. They belong <laughs> to the baby. Is that fuck off? <laughs> yeah. The combination of that stuff, um, I actually really like this kind of one of my favorite bits in that game is those bits. Because those bits are all just. Because the other thing in this game is they have so many celeb- celebrity cameos and. Yes. You know, yeah. Not just cameos, I guess, but actually, like, you know, casting. And Matt Mickelson is, like, the baby's dad in that and is, you know. <laughs> Yeah, stuff. Um, which also is quite good because if you play this game on your birthday, because it asks for your birthday at the start, and it yes. was my birthday last week, um, you get one of those special memories. Oh, which is him coming right. up to the baby, and he comes in with like flowers and like a box of chocolate and stuff like that, and he's like, "Oh, baby, it's a it's a special day. Is it your mother's <laughs> birthday? No. Is it your birthday? No. And then he like." Grabs the camera and pulls it away because those ones are all those cutscenes are all shown from a first person's perspective from BB. Yeah, and you're you know they're from inside the jar that BB is kept in at all times, the pod, and so it has this kind of orange tinge to it the whole time, and you can see through water and stuff. He grabs the camera and pulls it away so it's no longer in that jar, and like just pulls up into the air and directly talks to the camera, and it's just like. Happy birthday. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, it's fucking good. All right, that's real Kojima-ish. All right. Yeah. Um, but those cutscenes in general, I thought, were really well done. Like, they're split up yes. into small chunks that give you a bit of story. And they're the perfect example of why, why this game is so scared of this shit. Because they're split up into, you know, little chunks. You get these kind of little tidbits of story and you're piecing together like the history of this baby and this this specific event because they're all kind of yes it's close, a, it's... or at least they seem kind of close together and you're like all right this is probably you know not necessarily the same moment or the same day but it's, you know is but it's connected yes it's like early in this baby's life and you go through and throughout the game you get more and more of these and this is kind of a minor spoiler they connect to the story in a way, and I won't spoil any of that. Yeah. At some point after the kind of explanation for, you know, that connecting to the story and wrapping all that stuff up, they just show you them all back to back. <laughs> they just show you them all as one big collective thing. And it's like, just in case you hadn't figured it out. 
<laughs> they're connected. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Really? Have <laughs> you played this game 60 hours? And you're like, telling me now, by the way, these cutscenes <laughs> might have something to do with each other. Uh, uh-huh. Um... And it's annoying because I think this game is very, very good overall. But yeah. it does a lot of things like that, where it's like just afraid to let people piece together things themselves. And, you know, kind of having a, a lack of faith in what the player is capable of figuring out. Yeah. Um, because even for like really obvious things like that, like these cutscenes might be connected to each other. And it's like, great. Thanks. Um, but overall, I really liked it. I think. Those last couple of episodes kind of are a bit exposition heavy. They remind right. me of, you know, Metal Gear Solid Four in a way, where the cutscenes are all like both nonsensical in a lot of ways and very like overly dramatic and silly, but also very exposition heavy. Right. Yeah. It's very much lore dumps of this is exactly what is going on. Here you go. And I enjoyed uh, that stuff because I enjoyed the world in that game and I like that stuff. But I do yeah. feel like there is a better way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I just enjoyed the game a lot. I think that kind of progression that you get throughout the game of, you know, yeah, like I started out barely being able to walk in a straight line and eventually you get something to not have, you still have to worry about it by the end of the game. But yeah. what it does is it gives you a thing that lets you mitigate that issue. And then, as you continue playing, it introduces harsher environments. And so that becomes a bit more of an issue again because you know, you're traversing a different type of landscape. And that's really an interesting way of handling that kind of stuff, I think. It's like, hey, I conquered this issue. This will never be an issue for me again. And yeah. then they introduce a new issue instead, and you're like, okay, well, that one, that one's still an issue, I guess. I'll figure that out later. Someone's probably going to give me a thing. But for now, I need to, you know, trek through knee-high snow. And it's like, great. Yeah. Um, I think the kind of, like, the online stuff, I don't know how much you've kind of encountered it, because there's some of it in that first area, but there's not a massive amount. Um, I've quite a bit of it. So uh, other people's structures. Uh, yeah. So people can build structures, and you'll find them. They'll affect your world. People can leave you, like you said, uh, the the ladders and the ropes and stuff, but they can also leave you hints. They can leave you little signs. And a sign might say, look out, there's enemies over here. Or uh, falling rocks, I've seen that a couple of times and stuff like that. And sometimes it's even just, you can do it as a wee cheerleader. (laughs) Or don't pee here. Yes, don't pee here, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Which I always be on. Um, here's my pro tip for Death Stranding. You can turn those off. <laughs> right. You can turn the signs off and keep the structures on, which is what I eventually did, because, man, people just keep spamming signs everywhere. Yes, yeah, especially I, at I the... Hated yeah, at the bases. Yes, especially at the base. You'll be running up a ramp and there'll be like 30 signs that are all just like... Yes. Keep running, and it's like thanks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the only thing you miss out from turning them off, other than being able having, like, it's kind of handy because BTs are not marked on your map. So right. 
having a sign there that says, by the way, there's BTs here is kind of useful. Right. But um, the only other thing you miss out on is you get vehicles later, and there's a... Actually, you get vehicles later. You'll have a, at least a... I have a bike, a, yeah. A, a quad bike. bike. Man, yeah. I got I lost that bike pretty quickly. That was another so situation the... where, like, to go for another tangent, like, my downfall in Death Stranding has, has every time been that I got overconfident because I had a thing that solved a problem, and then I fucked up as a result. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, I have this bike. I can get from point A to point B real quickly now. I'm gonna go to this delivery, packed up with all my stuff. I'm driving. I'm driving. I can just like this thing can jump. It's not all terrain, but I mean, it's pretty all terrain. And then a BT grabbed me and pulled it into the fucking tar, blew it up, and I was like, Ah, right, ghosts. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> bike v's ghost is not a thing i guess um but like the signs and stuff like that i i turned off uh, i left the structure on because i think that's a really good part of that game is seeing because you could just spam structures in stupid places and other people would see them but yes you get likes like people can like your structure which is kind of neat which doesn't seem to give you anything but you, you get it and um, so you're kind of encouraged from that to kind of put them in more useful positions because yes. if someone uses your thing, you'll automatically get a couple of likes, even if they don't manually go in and hit the button. So you're just like, well, I put a bridge here, and it's like, oh, you know, Mike used your bridge. And then he gave it 20 likes, and it's like, awesome, cool, that bridge is useful. Yes. Um, and other people will see that stuff and you'll see other people's stuff and you'll be like something is just handy from a thing that's like well someone's put an energy generator in that cave so by this point in my journey there's probably a good chance my bike's going to run out of battery because someone else ran out of battery around there so yeah I've done that yeah yeah, and it's just like well I'll plot my route to swing by this generator because it's already there I can stop charge in there keep going Yep. And it's you end up like plotting routes based around structures other people have made. They become little landmarks in a weird way where it's like, well, I know that there's not necessarily anything here, but I know that this is a route someone else took. Um another thing is also paths form based on the way you go. Yes. So if you walk a certain way, it'll become a path. Like it doesn't become visually distinctive straight away, but it will tell you if someone else walks the same way you walked. Yeah. Like you'll get a little notification that's like, oh, Mike walked the same path as you. And if enough people walk on that same kind of route, it will wear it down into a little dark path and you'll be able to see these dark paths where you're like, oh, well, this is also the way people go when they come this way because you know, yeah. it goes down this way. And it's not necessarily always the best way. Sometimes people go real fucking stupid directions. <laughs> and then they see the dark path and they're like, well, I'll just f- someone else must have done it fine. So I'll do that. And you're like, no, you fucking idiots. What are you all doing? Um, yeah, which happens. That's how dark paths work in real life. Yep, and it's cool. I like that stuff. That connection stuff. Like I was kind of, I thought it was kind of stupid to start with, like a silly gimmick. But by the end of the game, I thought it was kind of a cool mechanic. Like you're definitely you're seeing other player stuff, and it's it's cool. Yeah, in your like the one thing I would say that I'm kind of critical about it on is there's no easy way to view your stuff like there's no menu 
It just lets you go. Like there's a menu that shows you everything you've built. And you yes. can sort it based on how many likes it has. Which is something that I'm kinda of interested in because I'm like, I want to know which of my bridges is the most useful. Which one is you know, which ladder is the one that everyone keeps using because I keep getting notifications saying someone used your ladder or someone liked your ladder. I want to see that. But that screen doesn't give you any any indication of where the thing is. It, it's right. just a ladder. It tells you when you built it, but you know, on the you know, eighteenth of November, I probably built like four ladders. Yeah, I don't know which one is the one that people are using. One of them has four hundred likes. The other two have like ten. I don't know. I don't know which ones these are. And there's nothing that tells you. And they have that data is the weird thing, because they surface those on your map. Like on your map, you can just see all the structures, so you can see where your ladders are, or your bridges or whatever. And when they start to deteriorate, because everything you build deteriorates over time because of the time fall. Yes. When they start to deteriorate, it tells you where it is. Like the notification pops up and it's like, the ladder near the the Port Not City distribution center is deteriorating. And it's like, okay, so you know where it is. You have that data. You're showing it to some degree. Why can't you just add it to this menu so that I know that that's the one that has all the likes <laughs> on it? Or put the likes on the thing on the map so I can hover over on the map and go, there's that ladder. It has 400 likes. Yeah. I just, I just want to know which of my things is useful. <laughs> it's a really silly thing to get hung up on, but it's one that came up multiple times for me where I'm just yeah. like, okay, well, I've put this thing somewhere. Or like, I built a really elaborate uh, network of buildings that you get later in the game, which I won't spoil. But you get like a bunch of buildings later in the game. They can connect to each other in a way. So I built a bunch of these together. And I don't know if anyone's used... I know people use them because they've got likes. But I don't know if anyone... I don't know if anyone is using all of them or if there's just one. Right, yes. You know? Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's if It seems like a weird limitation. There's also no way to connect to your friends. Like, I would like to be able to see, you know, your structures. Yes, yeah. Um, but it seems to dump you into kind of a bit of a... I've seen people suggest that, like, it's just a server. Like, you're just connecting to the same group of people every time. And that definitely seems to be the case because it pulls, you know, specific people's stuff in. But I, I think it adds more players to those and swaps players out and then again. I think as these things deteriorate. Um, it's weird. It's an interesting mechanic. I, It fits the themes of the game. And I think it's kind of cool. Uh-huh. But yeah. I don't know. I like Death Run. Yeah, I'm really liking it. And... Yeah, it's another one that seems to be creeping up my list. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be on mine, I think. Yeah, so I watch this space. That's the thing that I've been looking forward to this game, but I, I never. Once they first first started showing gameplay for it, I was kind of like, "This game's going to be good, but it's probably not going to be that good." Uh, I didn't have too many expectations. Uh, Kojima can sometimes go. You know, his games can go one way or the other. Yeah. So I wasn't holding, you know, at any particular candle for it being either way. 
But it's just as it started, there's certain things that happen, there's certain touches. Uh, the first time that you go on, you know, kind of your first delivery mission, and the first time you earn music when you're uh, going on these mm. trips, and music kind of happens. A lot of low roar. Yes, yeah. But the Which first... I'm not complaining about, I like low, low roar. I, yeah, the, I think the soundtrack's really good. Yeah. Uh, but there's the first time it happens and you're it's just this big open space and the music comes in the, and it comes up like a music video, you know, it's no roar in the name of the song. But the camera pulls back and the camera pulls back and you're still in control of the character and you're doing this walk and it's just stunning. Just a really good moment. Yeah. I... Uh, I don't know what causes those. Like some of those are very clearly like story based. It's like, oh, you're you're doing this mission. This is the point where this happens. Yes, yeah. Why well, I've I've had it just happen on like a side mission or sometimes had... when just like walking from point to point. Yes, I had one happen, and you can tell that it's random because I had it happen. Music started the next minute. One of the beasties grabbed me. <laughs> you know what happened for me? I was like two minutes away from like a distribution center, so I was like. Just about to start walking down a ramp and is well not quite that close, but I was, you know, not yeah. Most the first time it happens, or one of the first times it happens, is you know this kind of you're getting to this place, this big empty place, and it zooms out and shows you the full area. It doesn't usually happen where you're like, okay, well I'm round the corner from where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it seems like either it seems like maybe it triggered at the wrong point. But also, it was music I didn't have yet, so it triggers. I don't know if it repeats music ever, but it, once you unlock music, you can Listen play to it from your, yeah, in your bedroom. <laughs> yes, you can play it in your bedroom, which is weird. You can't play it when you're walking. Yeah, there's no music player, or there might be. I don't know. They just released a patch, or they they are releasing a patch. Sorry, uh, next week. Ah, uh, right. I don't know. I. Then maybe it adds a music player. That seems to be like the most requested feature. Right. Because yeah. it's weird that they added all this music and you can't listen to it. <laughs> yes, yeah, unless you... That is what all you do, is you listen to the, the music. That bedroom is a weird thing as well. We didn't really yeah. talk about that at all. It's basically a Tamagotchi, but it's Norman Reedus. Yeah. <laughs> so... You're making poop, you're feeding them. Yeah, you're feeding him. Drink cans of monster. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. Talk about the weirdest product placement ever. Monster is in this game. Have you read the description on the canteen that you drink out of? Uh, Yes, I think so. It converts water into monster energy. Yes, that's right, yeah. So dumb. Yeah, it converts water. And um, it automatically fills when you're in like rivers and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes like river water and turns it into monster energy, which I don't think is how monster energy is made. I doubt there's no. anything related to real water in any of those cats. <laughs> Maybe at one point. Maybe at one point. Um, but yeah, but- it's like weird. You go into these private rooms and you can make Norman readers take a shower. Have you have you went to the mirror? Yeah, and you can just pull faces in the mirror. Like and that. you 
and then you can take a picture of as, he, as he's pulling the faces and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's very dumb. Mint. Um, the the where he sits in a bed and there's like little models behind him. It's like little army models. Those are good. Those are um. There's some levels in the story that are, you know, take you to different areas. Uh huh. And those models are used to let you get back there. Basically, it's basically like a replay this other mission kind of thing. All oh, right. Okay. Um. But also, yeah, they just in general, even beyond that, they just add up over time. And as you're yeah. doing stuff, like the first one you find is that intro sequence. Uh-huh. And you'll be looking, it's like these little army man models, and it's very clearly that intro sequence with the the van and, uh, you know, Igor. No, no, yeah. is it Igor? Igor. Um, like, it's that section, like, it's that laid yeah. out in toys. And as you progress through the game, like, more of them will show up and be like, oh, here's this other event told in toys. And it's like, it's a nice little touch. Yeah. But the the thing is that when uh, because you control the camera when he's in the private room so you don't control him the camera kind yeah. of swings around and you could to see where the toys are you swing and the camera's on on him and mm-hmm. the the toys are behind him and it says push the button to do the toys and he does this thing he jumps off the bed <laughs> and he points at them and pulls this funny face and it's, it's really good yeah um again it's just this weird sense of humor this kojima thing that he does yeah um, and it's it's weird like like i said the kind of tamagotchi thing where i don't think there's no punishment from what i can tell for not doing things but you know norman reedus will point to the thing he wants to do yeah so like if he needs to go to the toilet he will point and then he'll like put his hands together like he's like begging you sometimes <laughs> he's like i really fucking need to shit come on man um <laughs> Or, you know, he'll point to the drinks and then, like, mimic drinking to be you to tell you, hey, give me a drink, give me food, give me whatever. Um, it's dumb. It's, it's very silly. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you need to go into those areas because over time as you're moving, your stamina bar decreases and the only way to, like, you can increase it again by drinking Monster, but then you get a permanent decrease over time as well and that permanent decrease the only way to get rid of it is to go into private room sleep take a shower that kind of stuff um or rest in the in the the real world as well yes well i don't think that gives you back like the the white area of your ah right i think that only gives you back because yeah there's that bar has like so many stages because the bar is blue and then it empties and becomes like, you know, the black transparent empty bar. Yeah. And then a white bar kind of knocks out the right hand side over time, makes it shorter. Yes. Yeah. And also it turns bright blue if you're using stamina in a certain way. Like if you're holding. Uh, if you're onto, running or, yeah. Yeah. If you're running or if you're holding onto your backpack to keep things Ste- steady. Yeah. Um, and then if that runs out, you'll still have all your stamina. Like it doesn't reduce it to an empty bar. But you'll like fall over or something, um, <laughs> or if you're holding your breath, you'll make a big like you'll draw in a lot of breath and attract all the ghosts. Yes, yeah, it's weird. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I actually went back to it after I finished it and was just like, all I'm right. gonna go do more of these missions or build more stuff and things like that. Yeah, it was also, but uh, I started it when 
uh, one of the weekends and Anne was here and she was doing her own thing. Then she came through and she actually sat and watched me play it for three hours. Uh, and he was like, what the fuck is this? Why is he doing that? Why is there a baby in a jar? I don't fucking know. It's hideous. We need to stop, but one of the things you're talking about the likes when you go in the structures and, mm-hmm. you know, or you walk past one of your structures and you get the notification, you know, Kieran liked the structure. BB, the baby, can give you likes. <laughs> it gives you're, you're you busy likes. Wo- yeah, BB liked this. I was like, okay, that's good that he liked it, but how did he record it? It's a naked baby in a jar. Where was he hiding the fucking phone? He's connected to you, it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, the. So you get stressed out and you can look down and then you can. Oh, walk God, up to yes. Me. Down. It's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> I love it. Um, and when he cries, he cries through your controller. Uh, here's my pro tip for that. Yeah. Turn the speaker off in your controller. Because <laughs> that crying is so annoying. And it, it tells dr- you in game. It drives the cats fucking wild, by it the way. It drives me fucking wild. Um, I'm going to be a bad parent. I'm going to be like, how did I turn the speaker down on this thing? Like, what's, what's up? What's up here? I keep feeding this monster and it's just not... <laughs> yeah. Maybe Why is it hanging it. from the ceiling? I can't see any ghosts. What's going on? Maybe you're useless. I put you in this jar. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's... Oh, God. All the baby stuff's bizarre. There's a, ca- like, there's a character in that game who was in one of the trailers or in two of the trailers before. Like He's been in all the trailers, basically. Who... Like the whole premise of this game is like the boundaries between life and death have you know collapsed. Yeah, there's this this event, the Death Stranding, that has you know separate or removed the separation between these two worlds. So ghosts are showing up, and also when people die, they go to their their beach, which is like limbo basically, and everyone has a personalized limbo. And you meet this character later that can travel to other people's limbos and he he is called Heartman and he has like a an ECG thing attached to his heart <laughs> and every 21 minutes it zaps his heart and shuts it off <laughs> and then every 8 minutes it turns his heart back on by zapping it again basically resuscitates him basically gives himself a heart attack then resuscitates himself eight minutes later so that he can go into the beach <laughs> and explore and try to find his dead wife. Right. Like, what? <laughs> what is this game? And I think one of the strongest parts of the writing in this game is just how fucking weird the character Like, Del Toro's character, who is not voiced by Del Toro, but is uh, yes, yeah, modeled after I- him. Yes, he's acted it out, but it's yeah voiced by somebody else. Which I think makes sense because um, like it, Del Toro you... speaks very fluent English and stuff, but he has a very strong accent that can be yes. You know, if you've watched interviews with him, you can kind of he can be quite hard to understand at times if you're yeah. an English speaker, which makes sense. 
Um, the guy that they replaced him with uh, does still have uh, what's his Puerto Rican. Um, I, but I may be wrong, actually. Yeah, it's like a, a Spanish. He, he has a he has an accent from a, a more Spanish speaking place as well. Yeah, but it's not yeah. as strong as uh, Del Toro's. Yeah, Del Toro's, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, like his character is just really good. I really liked him. He's got a lot of depth to him. He does a lot of silly things. He's kind of the comic relief at points. Yeah. Um, but he's also the one that's talking to you about BB the whole time. And he's just like, ah, it's, don't worry about it. It's just a tool. And it's like, this is a fucking baby in a jar. And he's like, it's just a tool. <laughs> and it's like, it's a baby in a jar. And I see its memories when it plug into it. And it lets me see ghosts. And he's like, yes, it lets you see ghosts. That's the important thing. It's like, no, that's not the important thing. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> the important thing is there's a baby. And also it can like stuff that I do. And he's like, like no, it can't. You know, like I saw the, no- the notifications on screen, like it's fucking there. <laughs> yeah. Um, all that stuff is very good. Like I, I understand why this game doesn't, you know, gel with a lot of people, but I end up really fucking liking it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's lack of it's lack of subtlety, be damned. Yes. It's lack of confidence in the people that are playing it, be damned. I like what it did, and. I look forward to talking with you as you get further into it. Yes. Because <laughs> some shit happens in that game. Good. Not even like story spoiler shit, just I mean, you you will do just, dumb just shit, shit in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You will encounter things in the world that you'll be like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to talk about this. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, that's Death Stranding. Yes. We will talk about it more. Yeah. Probably in podcast this year. Yes. If not the start of next year, we will almost definitely <laughs> be mentioning it at some point. Absolutely, yeah. I have a, have a a sneaking suspicion that we will. Yes. Cool. Have we got... I don't think we've got any board games or anything to talk about, have we? Uh, we no. I don't think I've played any, no. No, I. We yeah. I was meant to a couple of weeks ago, then didn't. Um, uh, no, I haven't. Um, I've not even bought any recently. No, I think I've got a. I've got a single player, kick game from Kickstarter called Unbroken. I think that's arriving tomorrow. Uh, um, but I still not played. That other single player one. The, oh, the Marquis? Yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, oh, yeah, play that. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm going to spend. I'm going to play some single player games tomorrow. I'm going to play that. I'm going to play the other one that I keep forgetting the name Black Sonata. Oh, the, the, the Shakespeare one. Yeah. Yeah, I love that game. That nice. game's very good. Yeah. Um, very Marquis good as well. So. Both from the same company, so yeah, cool. Have we got any news lined up at all? I didn't open any. Um, I mean, there's stuff going on, like Stadia launched and seems bad, yeah. Um, for people don't know, Stadia is Google's like game streaming service, so you kind of you can either there's a free service. 
where you can stream games up to 1080p 60 frames a second or you can pay I can't remember how much it is a certain amount a month and you can stream things 4k 60 frames a second and it runs on PC via Chrome web browser it runs ostensibly it's meant to run on all phones right now it runs on pixel phones um right and eventually you'll be able to play it on tvs in a bunch of different ways right now you have to buy a chromecast ultra 4k and their controller and then you can play it oh, which whatever right, okay. it's, it's a launch thing it's it'll eventually get there yeah but the idea is that they run all of the games on their servers kind of like how playstation now works and you stream it like a video to you and you're hitting buttons and that gets sent back and whatever um it's i've not used it myself i'm going based on like internet you know response to and it's people have been dissecting stuff and there's like a bunch of issues with it that you would kind of expect from any online service at launch you know like uh-huh. there's a lot of compression artifacts and a lot of people's games some people have not had that many but Others have been like, yo, it's really noticeable. It looks like YouTube on lowish things. Um, like the that stuff is there. You're playing, it's playing a video, and it's noticeable that it's a video that it's not a game uh, or right. not a game that you're running on your stuff. Right. Um, some people have had issues with latency, where you'll hit a button and it'll take literal seconds before you'll be able to see the result. Oh. Um. So people have had issues with it not picking up your actual internet speed and so restricting you to lower quality kind of video streams despite the fact you have like a you know a, a gigabit connection there's a bunch of like little thing like things like that are things that I think are you know you can apologize for those pretty easily because those are you know starting pains they're growing pains uh-huh. obviously the, the game selection at launch is bad they have one exclusive and then the rest of the games a couple of them are from this year but most of them are like you know they have Tomb Raider Definitive Edition on there uh, which is I mean it's good that it's there but given the, how few games that are there the fact that so many of these games are that kind of age like they're right. from yeah. the start of this gen of consoles is bizarre um, but I think you can apologize for most of the things and kind of hand wave them a bit when you're like hey this is this is the start of a new service. There's going to be some teething pains. That makes sense. The bit that I think is like straight up just like unacceptable is they are charging people money for this higher tier of service that gives you the games at 4K resolution, 60 frames a second. And some games don't hit that. Like uh, Red Dead Redemption runs at 1080p. 30 frames a second, if you're on that. Right. And it's like, well, then what are you paying for? Yes, yeah. Like that, that is literally the thing that I am paying for. Not personally, but you know what I mean. Or Destiny 2, I think, runs at 1440p, which is at right. least better, but it's still not 4K. And it runs at 60 frames a second, but also it seems to be running at medium graphic settings compared to a PC. And it's like, well... Again, the whole selling point of Stadia is this runs on Google servers, and so every game is going to run 4K60 because Google servers can outpace every single console. And the end result that they're of what they're actually paying for is 
this kind of doesn't do that, but please still pay the subscription. Uh huh. Which seems like unacceptable to me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I don't know. It's it's they've had a bunch of launches. There's also a bunch of reports that the Chromecast they were sending out were apparently overheating. Oh, which is <laughs> not what you want. Not what you want. Um, <laughs> and Google responded to both these things. They responded to the overheating thing by saying that's not happening. Which there's enough reports that it seems like yes, it is. Like you can't just say this doesn't exist. And it's like, well, it seems like it is. Um, but I think the bigger issue for me was that their response to people complaining about the the games not running at the 4K60 maxed out stuff that they were advertising this as, their response to that was, well, we offer, you know, we offer the power through our servers. What developers do with it is up to them. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, well, you were advertising this, though. <laughs> you were the one saying that every game will run this well. That was your selling point. You can't just then say, yeah, but those devs fucked up. Like, that doesn't instill confidence in your, like, you know, connection and collaboration with the developers that are making games for service when you throw them under the bus and be like, yeah, these games aren't running that well and that's their fucking fault, right? Yeah. Um, oh, one of the other things that was broken at Mortal Kombat 11 is one of the launch games. Oh, okay. The crypt doesn't work. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, the frame rate is all over the place. And apparently, they had like a, a message sent out with it saying, Hey, by the way, don't use the crypt just now. And it's like, What? This runs fine on PC and on consoles. What did you do to fuck up the crypt? <laughs> it's. It seems like one fuck up after another, and it's one of those things where it feels like it shouldn't be out yet. Because even the power thing, I think, after six to eight months, they'll probably have upgraded their servers to the point where it can run things better. But they had to launch it now. Uh-huh. And I'm assuming the reason for that is just because six to eight months' time, we'll start getting proper news about next-gen consoles. And no one's going to give a fuck about Stadia. <laughs> no, not if it's, it's uh, not if it keeps performing the way it's doing there now. Yeah, exactly. And also, just not if Microsoft's going to announce more about their equivalent. Like they announced a bunch of stuff about that recently as well. Yeah. Um, I don't have the XO19 news in front of me, but they showed like they they confirmed the thing that everyone kind of suspected they were going to confirm, which is that. Every Game Pass game will be streamable on their Stadia equivalent, like their right. cloud thing. Uh huh. So you'd be able to play the Outer Wilds on your phone, or cool. Devil May Cry Five on your iPad. And it's like that's cool, awesome. Yeah. But and also you'd only be paying one subscription, which at the moment is not a thing with Stadia. Stadia, you get like a free game a month. The first game of which was Destiny Two, which is a free game on everything else. Um, and it's just like, I don't... I don't understand the choices they're making with this stuff. And 
Microsoft seems to be making all the right choices. Like I'm excited for next year from, you know, a game standpoint, not just in terms of the actual games that we know are coming out, but more in terms of we're going to get two new consoles next year. Yeah. And unlike this generation, Microsoft seems like it's going into it with a really strong position. <laughs> they have a yeah. bunch of devs. They bought a bunch of really good studios. Some of them have been working on games for a couple of years now, so they'll be should be ready to be shown around launch. We're overdue a Forza game, so there's probably going to be a Forza there. Yep. We're overdue a Halo. Yeah, well, we know, you know that it's coming, yeah. We know that it's coming. Um, Obsidian just released the game, so then maybe that won't be there. Um, Ninja Theory, the, you know, the, 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 fuck, what was the name of the game they made? Heavenly uh, Sword. Heavenly and Sword, which what was, the, what was the one people liked? I liked Heavenly Sword, but. I liked Heavenly Sword, but, uh, oh, they, the did, they, they the did one of the Devil May Cry games, did they not? Yes, they did DMC. But I'm thinking, what's. Oh, my, my blank on is so good. The one with the woman that has. She's, you hear all the voices in her head. and uh, Oh, I. Hit, uh, Hellblade. Hellblade. That's the one. Um, like, they've not made anything since Hellblade. Yeah. So they're probably about due. Again, or will they announce something? But they announced. They announced something and it didn't seem like it was maybe their main thing. Um, so, like, they've got a bunch of games potentially ready to drop or at least be announced and a new console coming game pass and you know their stream and stuff kicking up like microsoft is coming out all fucking like all yeah guns blazing yeah all guns blazing you know they're coming out swinging they're like we're gonna fucking take this sony has kind of went radio quiet to some degree except every now and again they pop up in like a magazine and go we have really fast loading times it's like, thanks, Sony. What are you Cheers. doing? <laughs> um, so, like, we're going into this thing where we're going to have these two consoles going head to head, and they might be, it might be a much more interesting fight to watch than this gen was, because this gen was out of the gate. PlayStation 4 is a cheaper, more powerful Xbox One. And it was like, okay, well, I'm buying that one then. Yeah. There was there was never really a question. Like, you know, this was one we ended up buying them for other stuff anyway because they had decent exclusives, but not that many of them. Yes, yeah. But the PlayStation 4 right out of the gate was like, they may have just said, this is the good console. Uh-huh. Xbox fixed their stuff and got there eventually, but they were like, this is the good one. Whereas yeah. it sounds like this stuff we're getting next gen... We're gonna have two consoles that are like both going. We're both fucking good ones. Yeah. And fuck that other guy. I'll fight him. It's like, okay, <laughs> cool. And then Google's like, we can compete with that because we can do stuff better. And it's like, it doesn't seem like you can. <laughs> you had to prove it out of the gate. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Not filled with confidence. No, definitely not. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I have got one piece of news. It's a little bit older than this, but it was, we haven't spoken about it on the podcast and I think it happened and I haven't been on the podcast since then, uh-huh. but it was is a concerns a, a professional gamer 
a guy called Jarvis Cartry. He plays Fortnite. Dude's 17 uh-huh. years old, and he's a YouTuber. Uh-huh. And he got banned for life. What he did was he, on his YouTube channel, he used an account. He didn't use one of the accounts that he plays Fortnite professionally in, but he still, he used cheating software. Um, he used oh, aimbot, right. aimbot software and uh, filmed it, put it up on YouTube and everything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they, they come along and went, all right, you've cheated, banned banned for life and he made a tearful response he was on youtube uh apologizing and basically begging for them not to do it and then you know give me something some other punishment but don't ban me for life uh so what was your thoughts uh, did, did you did you see this i did i i just found it really funny i'll be honest <laughs> I was I just did. like, yeah. It's just like this guy thought that he could just be, you know, this pro streamer and stuff like that, and also basically advertise ways to cheat the game. Yes, yeah. You know, like I feel like a lot of people doing this kind of thing don't understand that there there can be consequences for your actions. <laughs> you do dumb shit. Yeah. Then you get punished. Like you're not above the rules of the game. Like anyone else would also have got banned for doing this. This is not because you're a big streamer. They yeah. just caught you easier because you're a big streamer. Well, that was the thing. He didn't hide it. He told them exactly what he did. The video got millions of hits. Exactly. But I mean, there's and... lots of people using aimbots and stuff like that. They're probably a bit harder to find than yes. someone who puts up videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like bang. <sighs> I, yeah, and it makes sense for me that they banned his main account as well, because, I mean, whatever, he's just going to make an art account. Yeah. But, he doesn't care about that account. It was a burner that he made to get away with cheating. Yes, yeah. And but and his, his video, his big apology, and he was saying, you know, I, was, I, I wasn't competing. I did it for fun to show people how it worked. And it's like, yeah, but what you need to understand is you, first of all, He's a professional at the game, so and he's really good at the thing, right? And he's on, and he's playing against other people, and he's one-shotting people from the other side of the map. It's basically a heat-seeking bullet he fires, and it kills somebody. He's doing that, and he's laughing and joking and recording it for his YouTube and stuff. Meanwhile, on the other side of the planet, you've got somebody like me, who's shit at Fortnite, but enjoys the collecting aspect of it and has fun you know out of the 300 matches i've played i've won six of the fucking things mm-hmm. you know and i enjoy it it's a good little time that i have when i play the game and i'm just there to get my points and you know unlock the next skin because i'm not going to pay for it and i'm having fun playing the game and stuff but my game has been cut short by somebody Oh, yeah, no, I was just fucking around. Yeah, but you've now ruined my enjoyment. Or uh, you've in, you've ruined the enjoyment of whoever you killed, whoever was in that game with you. So, what, pace 10, 20 people and possibly turned them off of playing the game. And like you say, he's not realised that there's been a consequence to mm-hmm. that. Um, 
And I just thought, well, fair enough, I can see why you've been banned. It should be upheld. Um, I just thought it was quite, the overreaction was quite funny. Yeah. What, what am I going to do? My life's finished. You're fucking 17. <laughs> You'll stream a different game. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is the biggest game just now, but Fortnite will not always be the biggest game. Stream yes. something smaller for a while. You know what? If if Lemmy can quit his day job and stream Euro Truck Simulator, you'll find fucking something. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, you're no Lemmy, but who is? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's silly. I think... I can understand why he maybe thought he wouldn't get any punishment for it. Like, Twitch has a... I mean, not that Twitch punished him, it was obviously, you know, epic, but... yeah. But Twitch has kind of set a precedent where streamers can do whatever the fuck they want as long as they make enough money. Yes, yeah. So remember we had um, Dr. Disrespect filming in a fucking public bathroom that had kids in it. Yeah. And Twitch were like, ah, that sucks. Eh? And it's like, it's literally a crime in some places. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, sucks. And it's like, you don't do anything about it? It's like, it's like no, he makes, he makes a lot of money and he's it's like, well, fair. But, I mean, maybe write <laughs> yep. that in your rules. Maybe say yeah. anyone that has above X number of subscribers, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But that's the other thing you need to remember about this this guy, this kid as well. You know, so he, he's made over a million quid from Fortnite. It's crazy. So he's a millionaire and he's screwing with the game ruining your fucking enjoyment oh no we shouldn't be that harsh fuck him <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> the, the kid's already a millionaire come on is he actually a millionaire? I don't know uh, I'm pretty sh- I don't know if he- I think he is uh, absurd yeah uh, you've got enough money to literally retire yeah um, like most of us will not make a million quid in our life like literally a million pounds is a yeah. lifetime's worth of money. Yeah. Um. Yes, I'm trying to see if I've got any more news. Because um, mm-hmm. there was XO19, which I didn't watch, but they announced like a new rare game there and a new Obsidian game. Well, shall I run through uh, some of the highlights of the new releases for next week while you look for something then? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Farming Simulator 20. There you go. You need Ooh. not do anything else. Uh, I believe com- that is one of the free Stadia games for next month. Oh, or it, right, might, okay. it might be 19, actually. Um, it's that and Tomb Raider Definitive. Like, it's <laughs> bad. It's but, oh. bad. But yeah, the Switch version is it's, it's getting released on the 3rd of December. People uh, like games. Yeah. I've Ben quite likes the farming simulator games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ones. Uh, Arise, a simple story, is coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. I have no idea what that is. Uh, the penultimate, I think, episode of Life is Strange 2 is coming, episode 5. Yeah, is it the, 6? It may be the final one. Oh, right. I wasn't no, too sure I'm, if it was six, I'm 5 not or 6 sure. episodes. Yeah. They announced a new game as well. Don't nod. They announced a new oh, game right. called 
Um, oh, fuck, I need to Google it. Don't know. It's very similar. It looks like it's in the same vein. Right. Life is Strange, but you play as a trans character is kind of the main focus. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. Um, well, it'll be interesting if they pull it off. Right. I think they've definitely been given a lot of leeway because how well they've handled other LGBT stuff and, you know, the two Life is Strange series. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's called... Tell Me Why, which always just makes me think of um, the fucking Backstreet Boys song. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> Ain't nothing but... Uh, but yeah, um, that's the thing. It's probably going to be good. I didn't play any of Life is Strange Season 2, but I really liked the first one. Uh, yeah, same. Which seems to be a running theme for that game because I don't think it did that well. Um, I think uh, for all yeah. consensus was I really liked the first one and meant to play the second one but didn't. I should play the second one because it's on Game Pass as well. Oh, is it? Oh it is, gosh. yes. I don't have any yeah. excuse though. Yeah. Although I've only got PC Game Pass. It's probably not in there. Uh, it probably is. Oh no. I need to play it. Um, the Enhanced Edition of Neverwinter Ugh. I'll try that again. The enhanced edition of Neverwinter Nights is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch That's on the third as well. That's a very good RPG. Yep. One of the best, some might say. One of Bioware's yes. finest. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix Point, the digital-only version, comes to Xbox One and PC. That is the one by the XCOM devs. Snapshot Games. Am I thinking of the right one? I think it's the. I want to say it's made by a bunch of X XCOM developers. I might be wrong. Uh, yes, Phoenix Point is an upcoming strategy game. Blah blah. Made by Snapshot Games. It's set to release December third. Uh, Phoenix Point is intended to be a spiritual successor to the XCOM series that had originally been created by Snapshot Games head Julian Gollop. Ah. So, I guess not the more recent XCOM games, but um, some of the devs that are on it are people that worked on the original XCOM. Ah, uh, right, I'm with you. Which cool. is interesting, because it looks very XCOM-y. It looks, it looks good. Cool. Uh, and then we have uh last one for the 3rd of December, Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions coming to PC, PS4 and the Switch. Oh yeah, that one. That is... That's an R- action RPG, is it not? The Saga Games? Sure. I think, yeah, I'm not too sure. Um... But also, just looking ahead for the 5th of December is uh, Darksiders Genesis is coming to PC and Stadia. That game is a game. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know who was looking at Darksiders and was like, you know what, I need an isometric Diablo clone. Uh Ubisoft, I'm lo- I'm just looking for kind of Stadia things within the the resource that we use for the oh, yeah. uh, Gods and Monsters is coming to it in February. Uh, oh, apparently, Watch Dogs is going to come out uh, Stadia as well. That's cool. Yeah, the Watch Dogs if, Legion. That's one that they if they get the power stuff sorted by then. Yeah, like 
being able to run that better than the consoles would be a good thing yes. to show off. But also, that's the same for Red Dead 2, and they didn't pull that off, so... Yeah. Who so. knows? Cool. Have we got any other news or anything else to discuss? I found a couple of things. Cool. PlayStation Plus in December. Yes. Monster Energy Supercross, your favorite game of all time. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, your favorite branded game of all time. Why is it always <laughs> Monster? Um, and Titanfall 2. Oh, okay. Which is... I'm going to be bold here and say the best first-person shooter of this entire generation of consoles. All right, okay. Paul isn't here to yell Wolfenstein 2 at me. And I do also <laughs> really like Doom. But Timefall 2 does some weird and fucking cool shit in its campaign that other first-person shooters never managed to do. And also the multiplayer is really good. So, worth playing. Even if you just play through the campaign for like four hours. Cool. If that. Um, Facebook picked up the developers of Beat Saber. Oh. Which is that VR game where your um, it's a rhythm game blocks come towards you and you slice them up with lightsabers? Yes. Uh, I keep meaning to buy it. I think it's on sale just now, actually, on PSVR. I should just buy it. Um, but it's supposed to be really good. It's the game most people kind of recommend for VR. Yes. I recommend Super Hot, but you know, uh, it, it's interesting. They said that it's going to stay on other stuff. Like they're not. You know, they're not going to pull it or stop supporting the other versions. Right, okay. Obviously, Facebook, but, uh, Facebook owns Oculus. Um, and Facebook also has a history of Probably. keeping things locked down to the Oculus platform. Right. Uh, you need to use like other software to get Oculus games to work on the Vive, for example. Right. Whereas the opposite is not true. All games on Steam that are VR will work on the Oculus out of the box. Um weird but yeah speaking of vr games no man's sky is getting another big update oh wow uh this one's mostly bug fixes and stuff but it's also adding some nice kind of quality of life uh changes so there's a ton of stuff but i'll, I'll mention a couple of them um you can now salvage ships right so the way that this used to work is that you when you got a ship and you wanted to buy a new ship you could trade in your ship towards that one to get a discount, which you can still do. But now if you have multiple ships and you just want to sell one to get the money up front and not get the money towards another ship, you can do that. Um, and also you get like tech and stuff like that from it. Uh, they increased... Uh, they changed the controls for like manipulating the terrain, so they made it better. Um... They made it so now you can own more than one multi-tool with gun. At the moment you can only own one, but now you can own, or after this update comes out, you'll be able to own multiple and then you can swap between them. Which is good, because you could be like, this is my you know, my cool multi-tool for this shit. It does cool things. Um, there's... Oh, they added a bunch of stuff to base building... Um, but a lot of it's just like they fixed a bunch of bugs and stuff. They fixed a bunch of stuff in the inventory and the UI refinements. They 
have increased some of the performance, have fixed some um, issues with graphics. You know, they added the ability to upgrade your ships. So now you don't actually need to trade up to different tiers of ship. You could just upgrade yours to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit that's most interesting for me is that they added a bunch of stuff that was missing from the VR mode. So, for example, in a recent update, they had the ability to ride on creatures. So you can find animals and you can tame them All and they right. ride on their back. Uh, you cool. couldn't do that in VR, but you can now. All right. Or when this update comes out. And uh, one of the more essential ones, uh, the photo mode wasn't in VR, which is only more essential because there's some side missions in that game that say, go take a photo on like a frozen planet. Uh-huh. And you just physically can't do it in VR just now. Because you don't have access to the photo mode. <laughs> Right. I had to turn off VR, go back into the regular game, and then do it. Ah, right. It was silly. Um, but yeah, they're calling it the synthesis update. I don't think they've given a date for it. Oh, no, they did. Oh, yeah, the update is out by now, actually. My mistake. Oh, cool. um, I'm going to play No Man's Sky after this. Um, I really like No Man's Sky. I know you like to launch as well. Yes, yeah. Um. And you've went back to it a couple of times as well, wouldn't that be? Yeah, I went back to it and uh, I didn't play a lot of it, to be fair. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was, yeah, because you basically had to start all over again. Yeah, more or less. Um, Yeah. Depending on how long ago you played it. I. Started again because I was playing it in VR and I wanted to see all the start stuff in VR. And right. That has been my favorite way to play that game now. Um, I will go back. I loved it when it first came out. It was yeah. one of my favorite games of the year. And yeah, I just need to. They flesh that I, game out re- a lot. Yeah, I need to retire or something and, and just. <laughs> just have time. <laughs> yeah, just play video games all day. That's it. Just sell up everything else. Just video yeah. games and that's it. Yeah. Um, but that's all the news I had. Cool. There oh, was enough. other stuff, but I I didn't find it in time, so we're done. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to have another episode before uh, game of the year. We probably will. We've we've still got a couple of weeks before Christmas kicks in. Yeah, we haven't really set a date for modern game of the year yet. Yeah, so we'll uh, we will probably I will probably just be us talking about uh, playing up our or cleaning up our game of the year lists and stuff like that. Yeah, it'll be Which... you getting progressively further into Death Stranding. <laughs> yes, and getting progressively weirded out. Progressively <laughs> more spoilery podcasts as we get that. Yeah. Um, um... Yeah. But man, I have a lot to kind of play through and play a lot more of. Um, you know, there's the Resident Evil Two. I love that. Yes. I, want to get, I want to get back into that. Play some God. of that. Uh, I picked up by the Dark Anthologies, the first Dark, Dark Anthologies game, Man oh, of Medan. Uh, yeah, that you can pick that up. Really good deal at the moment. Incidentally, for if you're in the UK, fifteen pounds or fifteen pounds ninety nine. Uh, part of the kind of Black Friday deals that they're doing, so that's on sale to the second of December, I think. So, if you're interested, pick that up. Um, there we go. 
Uh, uh, yeah, it's just so much I need to play and get through. So that's will probably be what the, the, the future podcast. Is. What have you played? Ah, shit! I've played before. I'm just trying to finish it now. I have too much stuff to play. Yes, yeah. I think I'm gonna. Okay, I want to play more Demon X Machina. I feel like that's one that I that might just scrape its way onto my list. But I don't know. I need to play more. Yeah. Because I like it. It looks cool. Well, that's the thing. I like it. It looks cool, but I don't know if it... Yeah, it's, um, it's one of the ones I kind of having, you know, thoughts about. It's Does yeah. it belong on my game of the year? You know? That's fair. Yeah, like, I think maybe... I don't think it's going to make my top five, but I think it could maybe make towards the bottom of my top ten. Right, yeah. Like, I think it's a game that has a lot of issues, but I enjoy enough anyway that it's probably should be on there somewhere yeah but a lot of games came out this year some yes of them better than others yeah some of them that i played less than others yeah so yeah it's like the the outer worlds it's i still need to i've played the opening sequence that's it so i need to play some more of that and, and kind yeah. of get an opinion of it I just so many games so little time so many. Played Resident Evil 2. Yes. I need someone to back me up when I fight for, for Game of the Year. Fair enough. Oh, it's so good. I don't like Resident Evil that much. Oh, it's so good. Um, I'm also probably good just to plug it here, I guess. Um, I'm going to try and do... I don't know how many I'll do, because I usually announce these things and then do like two. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to try to do some videos about games that I know are not going to make my Game of the Year list at the end of the year. All right, okay. And I'm probably going to try and make sure they're ones that you and Paul haven't particularly played, that or and Ben, that wouldn't be in anyone's. Because there's no point in me doing a video about a game of the year, or a game from this year that I liked that didn't quite make my list, that you know makes someone else's list and someone's going to talk about it anyway. Yeah. Um. So there's one of those up on YouTube just now, uh, which is No Man's Sky VR, which I thought yeah. was a pretty safe one because it didn't come out this year. Yes. So no one's going to put No One's Sky on their game of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, I've got a couple more that I'm thinking of doing. So I don't know. We'll see. Cool. But then we're going to do our game of the year videos next year as well. Yes, we are. Yeah. I say next year because there's definitely zero chance we get them by Christmas. Um, <laughs> no. We'll be lucky if we've locked down our lists by Christmas. Um, yeah. Some point SR of next year, hopefully not as fucking late as it was last year. Um, we will have yes. our game of the year videos, top fives for everyone. It'll be us, Paul, Ben, maybe Nathan this year. We can try. Nathan said that he's not played through five games this year, so his list will just be not the best five games of 2019 it will just be five games of 2019 (laughs) so yeah watch him do that yeah that'd be good i was disappointed we never this is a little bit behind the scenes for listeners here me and nathan were in talks in conversations to do a video for him this year when we're doing our game of the year stuff but because it all ran so late we ended up not doing it uh um 
but he was going to do a top five that was entirely Yakuza games that came out in 2018. <laughs> or at least the top three was, because Kiwami was... 2, Yakuza 6, and um, that Fist of the North Star one all came out. So he was yeah. going to do a top three that was all Yakuza games. <laughs> or we had another option, which was he was going to just dedicate one slot to the Yakuza series and then record three different sections of him talking about you know, each of those games and uh-huh. I was just going to play them all over each other at once so it was just a unwatchable, unlistenable mess <laughs> um, that was my plan we didn't do it because we ran out of time so we'll see at the very least there will be at least four Game of the Year videos because the core cool. three of us Plus her overall, but also most likely Ben. Well, well ben, Ben's normally he's normally quite good at having yeah, his lists ready exactly. as well. Although so. Ben again also said that he's not sure that he's played enough games this year. So we'll see. <laughs> Maybe he'll just me. I'm going to tell him he can put board games on it because yeah, because that'll do it. Um, <laughs> but yes, there should be more YouTube stuff because the YouTube channel's been a little bit quiet recently since. Cool. I can't remember the last thing I put up. It was either the Kill a Kill review that I did or Ben's unboxing of um, Crusader Kings, I think. Yeah, it might have been that, yeah. There might have been something else. Um, oh no, it was my review of... Um, I know it was, actually. I was going to say, maybe my review of... Um, the the, the uh, game... No, the. Oh no, I'm actually completely way off. It was the last thing that was on before I put this No Man's Sky video up was uh, that Apple Arcade video we did. Oh yes, that wasn't actually that long ago. It was a month ah. ago. But I mean, it's quieted down because I was putting out like three Mario Maker two videos a a week. Ah uh, right. Earlier this year, which I'm not doing anymore, despite the fact I'm still playing Mario Maker two because <laughs> man, it's a lot. <laughs> um. But yes, the YouTube channel will be more alive soonish. A bit more kind of edited content. Cool. And hopefully we'll podcast more. Yes, yeah, that would be good. But that's it for me. Yep, that is it for me as well. So the only thing left to do is thank you all for listening to us. And uh, if you want to send us any emails, you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. Find us on Facebook, search for Glitch Free Gaming. You can find us on the worldwide internet at www.glitchfreegaming.com. And I don't think we use the Twitter, but it's at Glitch Free Game. And no, me like... and Ben both pay attention to Twitter. All right. And then... Uh, there's the YouTube account that you have just not, uh, mentioned as well. Yes. Just search for Glitch Free Gaming. Yeah. I think it's youtube.com slash user slash Glitch Free Gaming. So, sorry, it's Glitch Free Game. Ah, right. Because <laughs> Paul set them up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... Cool. So that is it until next week, probably. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I am going to. Now, if you excuse me, I've got a couple of packages I need to deliver.
it's almost midnight, so I'm gonna start watching The Irishman, which is about three and a half hours long. It is, yes. Yay! Good <laughs> luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. See ya.